Hey, beloved, welcome back to the show. Do you have a solid relationship with Jesus? Do you involve him in your motherhood journey? I know not everyone listening is a natural mother, right? You might be more of a spiritual mother, but this applies to anyone with that mother heart. Establishing a relationship with Jesus and partnering with him, especially in your motherhood journey, should be what you strive for. And so I'm so excited for this episode I did with a guest of mine, and this was actually towards the end of June. Her name is Bumi Ladidan, and she is an award-winning writer from California who currently lives in Quebec, Canada with her family. She actually was so gracious and sent me a copy of her new book, Help Me God, I'm a Parent, and so it was completely mind-blowing and perfect timing with our two teenagers and all those honest prayers for those hectic days and endless nights. And I just think there's something in there for everybody. So I know you're going to enjoy this interview with her. You're going to want to listen in to learn the power of your prayers and faith as a mother. Again, whether you have children of your own or you just have that mothering spirit. But when it comes to covering any kids that you care about in your life, you will also learn how to find peace in Jesus as a parent and allow him to be your partner in your parenting journey. Before we get into all of that though, I just want to thank you for your patience as I am still taking a pause in this season. I'm going to do a, a podcast episode on how Holy Spirit led me to take a rest and take a break and take a pause. And so I'm still doing that. The summers are short here in Northern Wisconsin, but I'm working on a lot of stuff in my heart just to be able to speak to my audience and really deliver solutions that are going to impact you and shift the needle and move things forward for you. So um, just to kind of preface this a little bit, Holy Spirit was asking me to take a break and a rest early on this spring in 2022. And like probably most of you, I wasn't listening. I was like, how can I take a break? I can't even, I can't take a break. I'm too busy to take a break. And he said, busy is breaking you. Oh my goodness. Such uh, revelation and just complete conviction in that statement. I was like, hmm, how is that? And he's just like, busy is like, you're too busy to breathe, he said. So I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on that and really just resisting being obedient, but yet finding this brilliant breakthrough in the process of taking that pause. And that's such a powerful thing. So I'm still in the middle of that, you guys. I'm uh, taking the entire month of July off of any social, any email, really doing much of anything with work at all. I'm just not focusing on my business. I'm focusing on my family and kind of restoring and building the foundation there. And I know it will pay off. In the meantime, again, I wanted to get this episode out to you, this guest interview. I know you're going to enjoy it, and I just thank you for being a listener and sharing the podcast. If you haven't yet joined our Facebook community at Biblical Weight Loss Blueprint, I want to invite you to click the link in the show notes because we are actually coming up on another Food Freedom Workshop in August. There, are, I, I can't wait to share the testimonials and feedback and outcomes from those that did, went through the April round, but in the meantime, you can join our Facebook group. You can be looking at previous posts. They shared their experience and their uh, Wednesday wins, their Faithful Friday. So you can kind of go back and look through the history in that group and just kind of check out what kind of results people are getting from my Biblical Weight Loss Blueprint program. I want to let you know that I am going to be running the last beta round of this blueprint starting the end of September. So we are doing a food freedom workshop just to kind of give you an idea of what that looks like, what you can expect from that program. And if it feels like a good fit for you, you can put in your application and get on the wait list and get the added bonuses that I have available. Again, this is the last time I'm going to be offering beta 
pricing and the beta round for those that are interested in joining. After this next round in fall, we will have beta tested this for an entire year. So I'm super confident in the process and the flow and who I'm here to serve. And then in January, it will go up to full price. So definitely join the Facebook group, Biblical Weight Loss Blueprint, so that you can get connected with our community and that you can be uh, alerted and be notified when we have that workshop coming live. All right, let's dig in. Hey, beloved, welcome to the Healthy, Healed, and Holy podcast, a top 2% podcast for Christian women who know they're called to prosper in their health just as their soul prospers. I'm your host, Heidi Brom. Do you want to feel comfortable in your own skin and be free from obsessive food thoughts? Have you struggled with your weight your whole life and wish there was a biblical solution to help you get unstuck? You know you were created to walk in freedom, yet continue to battle your body and stressy in secret. After having four kids, working from home, and years of giving up the good fight, I too felt defeated in my health. I was tired of losing and gaining the same 40 to 60 pounds and wish most of all I could lose weight naturally and see food as fuel without emotions attached. I felt hopeless until I discovered lasting food freedom through biblical weight loss. My mission is to equip you to lose weight fast while healing your relationship with food and restoring your identity in Christ. In these episodes, I'm going to dive into all things holistic health and the spiritual weapons you need to break free from the pain, lies, and limiting beliefs that have kept you stuck. Are you ready to create lasting change and be healthy for your family? Drop that chocolate, dust off your Bible, and let's dig in. Here we go. Yay. I love having my sister friends on the show because God works in incredible ways and crossing our paths at just the right moment. So this is actually the first time my guest and I have ever met face to face, but I've loved catching a glimpse of her sense of humor in the midst of challenges. And so I just want to tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Boomi and she is an award-winning Webby nominated writer from California who lives in Quebec, Canada with her family. She has contributed to the New York Times, Parenting, and the Huffington Post, as well as appearing on the Today Show and GMA in support of recent books. She is best known for her satirical Twitter account, Honest Toddler, which has 1.6 million followers. Her new book, Help Me God, I'm a Parent, has honest prayers for hectic days and endless nights, which I can so relate to in this season of life with my girls. And so her book releases from Zondervan on June 28th, which is today. <laughs> yes. Um, I just knew I, I, I knew I had to have her on the show to share her story, her, how God helped her throughout her journey and how she's been able to create a life she loves by fighting through rejection while becoming unstoppable. So welcome, Boomy. Thank you so much for having me on, Heidi. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. It's my honor to have you, to just have you share your voice. And so just start with telling us a little bit about you, what lights you up, what your hobbies are, and how you like to spend your free time. Oh, goodness. What lights me up? Um, I love to I, I love to read. Um, I've always loved reading since I was uh, a very little girl. Um, my favorite author, I really love Francine Rivers, Tessa Afshar, Connie Lynn Cossette. I love a biblical fiction. Um, I really like listening to classical music. Yes. <laughs> Those are my two favorite things. Awesome. I love that. And tell us a little bit about your family, like how you spend your time with them. 
Yeah, so um, I was homeschooling my youngest. I have three kids. My oldest is 16, and then I have a, a 12 and a half year old, um, almost 13 actually, and then a nine year old, just turned nine. So I was homeschooling my youngest just for the past two years. And so he's going to school this fall. So then they'll all be in school. So I'll, I'll have more time to, to work and get things done during the day. But our rhythm right now, we just started summer. So, you know, I'm hearing I'm bored a lot. <laughs> and making a lot of snacks. <laughs> it's already begun, but I just love, like the summer is still more peaceful, even though, you know, you're gonna make like 10,000 snacks, it's still more peaceful because there's not like the, the to and fro of the school schedule and projects and tests and all that. <laughs> oh my goodness, the snacks. Like during, um, we homeschool as well, but during COVID, right? My older girls who were in public school came home. So we homeschool our littles, but the older were, were in public school. And it was like, I had to have kitchen hours where the kitchen was actually closed because it was like a constant thing. I'm like, you're not hungry. Um, so I totally can relate to that. All right. Well, tell us what you do for a living and your journey to getting to where you are today. Yes. Yeah, so um, for a living, I'm a writer. And I love that you said about kitchen hours. My mom did that when, when we were young. My mom would say the kitchen is closed. And I also thought it was such a funny thing. I mean, the kitchen, how can the kitchen be closed? But she would do that. And, and now I get it. I, it's, it was for her sanity. <laughs> so you, you actually, it's a really good idea what you're doing. Yeah. My, um, my youngest will be like, but the light is on. I'm like, and so I go turn it off. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just like, you know, when you pass a, when you pass a grocery store, sometimes there's some lights on when it's closed. That's just mm-hmm. for ambiance. You know, that's just for security. You just- yep. <laughs> I love that. But um, I'm, I'm a writer and I've written mostly about, well, pretty much exclusively about motherhood, um, motherhood humor, uh, the, the, the highs and lows of raising toddlers. And lately, there's kind of been the intersection of writing about faith and, and parenting and motherhood and, and faith and how they all kind of it intertwines. Yeah, that's so good. And I, you gave me a copy actually of your book, your new book, Help Me God, I'm a Parent, that releases today. And, you know, I think so often as moms, we just kind of put ourselves on the back burner in the name of and sake of parenting. And then we find ourselves midlife kind of looking back of like, did I, was I present during those moments? Was I giving from a posture of serving my family? And I just, I just love your honest prayers, because we all have doubts, right? That we really showed up in the capacity that God was asking us to. And like, do we have our priorities right? And, you know, now that they're older and about to leave home, you know, is, is there still hope for us to connect in conversations and have, has our influence impacted them in a way that um, is going to stay with, with their hearts. So I just want you to tell us a little bit about how you were raised in a religious household and around religious people can you first tell us what that means, that word religious? And then I have a follow-up question for you, because I think some of my listeners might not get the difference between religion and relationship and how we're designed. And so let's just talk about that religious household, religious people thing, and kind of give some definitions there, I guess. Yeah. So um, I, I love how you stated that, the religion versus, versus relationship, because it's night and day. You know, they're not the same thing. <laughs> there's some overlap, but, you know, there's like a little bit of ombre coloring, but they're they're completely different. But so, I, yes, I was raised in a, my parents are, are Nigerian and they came to the United States when I, when I well, before I was born. My oldest brother was, brother was around three, um, two or three. So they had a, a Christian background. My parents are both Believer, so I raised a, I was raised in a Christian home, just but the brand of Christianity, I guess the brand is how I say it is, what is almost like Pentecostal. It's kind of very like Nigerian Christian. It's very dynamic. It's very melded into our culture. 
So for me personally, and it was a diff it was very difficult that being immigrants for them, I know um, we struggled financially, we're, we're very poor, dependent on churches and things like that to, to help us at different times. So there, with poverty comes a lot of stress and strife in the home. And I think for me that probably helped overshadow any kind of faith touching more than just my mind because we were in survival mode. We were really all in survival mode. So while I learned verses and went to services, I didn't, the idea of having a relationship with God, I mean, I, I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't really even see that as possible. I thought it was just one of those catchphrases that people used for meaning, oh, you're a very religious person and you read a lot and you know a lot of verses. Um, it wasn't until much later in life that I realized that, no, that actually means you have a relationship where you're growing with God and he's talking to you, communicating with you through his word, through his spirit. And I didn't know what that meant. And so once I got out of the home um, and I left home pretty early, I I just went my own way because I guess I believed God existed, but I didn't, I didn't really see how that, what that had to do with me. If that makes sense, you know, God was a God of, of the, the people in church who were the bright and shiny people, people who, who he took care of. And I wasn't, I didn't feel included in that. I just, I felt like I had to depend on myself and I had to make my own way in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Just to have a frame of reference, because I know for some people, when they say the word religious, it can actually, for them, be in reference to like a religious spirit where it's like the Pharisees and they do everything and act a certain way on the outside, but yet in the inside of the four walls of their home, they're not actually living that out in their hearts. And so it's kind of like just for show for others. Right. Um, and so I'm glad that you gave that definition of like this religion for me was a relationship, but it didn't quite hit where you wanted it to as you were growing up. So you say that while these religious ideas permeated your mind, they never touched your heart. When did that shift for you? That didn't shift for me until about five years ago. And that's when I actually became a believer. <laughs> I had an encounter with Jesus where I felt his presence so strongly after asking God one day, I just, I got, to, I reached rock bottom in life in all areas, mental health, relationships. The only place where I was succeeding was my career. But the thing about that is it's, it's not enough. You can have the highest point in your career, but if things are not right with you, with God, you will still feel extremely empty. And I did. And so as I spiraled and finally hit the lowest place, I, I did, I cried out to God and just said, I believed in God at that point. But I, I also wanted to know the idea of Jesus kept coming back to me. It wasn't something that I could shake. It felt important, but I didn't know why. And so I asked him, I, I just, who is Jesus? Like, who is he? If he, I wanted to know what the truth was at that point. I wanted, I didn't care if the truth offended me or or offended my sensibilities. I just wanted to know the truth. And I, I asked him like, who is Jesus? I want to know who Jesus is. And then I was standing on my patio and I felt this presence behind me, this all encompassing power, but also love. And, but, but as a person, not even just a, a feeling, you know, I, I felt the presence of a, this person, but it was also very obvious that this was God and like the power plus the gent and the gentleness and then there was this love and I knew that I was loved. And I also knew that it was Jesus. I knew I, he, there was no, there were no words. He didn't say anything. His presence announces him. 
it just it just does. I know none of, it's very, you know, I'm a writer and I, I feel like I'm supposed to be very good at expressing things. But for some reason, like this moment in my life is one that I can never fully find words for. <laughs> and I try. But after that experience, I, I knew who Jesus was. I knew Jesus was the son of God and God and was divine and, and everything that I had been told, but never had really been able to weave its way into my heart in a way that meant anything for me, it came together. And that became the beginning of when I really became a, a follower of Jesus and what it's like, okay, I'm, I'm in. And I knew at that moment also why when he was going around to disciples and people saying, follow me, why people followed him, because you would. You would follow him because that that love, it, it's like this love and this power. It, it's just, you would follow him because that presence is different from anything else that I've ever felt. Yeah, you definitely don't forget it. I, <laughs> I'm actually an inner healing prayer facilitator and I love being able to lead people to an experience with Jesus. Of course, they don't need oh. me in order to do that, right? Anybody can cry out to the Lord in their distress and he's gonna deliver them. But it's yeah. such a beautiful thing when they can hear the truth that God has for them right there in that moment, you don't forget it. And you, you don't like any counterfeit, like you're just like, Nope, I'm here for the real deal. Like that other stuff doesn't even touch in comparison to what Jesus and he's always with us. Right. But yes. when that manifest presence comes in, like it changes you, it changes you and you get a taste, like taste and see that he is good. And you, you get a taste for that. And you know, that like he's good and you don't want anything. You don't want anything else. So, um, exactly. Yeah. And how he just settle. uses our, right. Yes. Never settle. Mm-hmm. Actually, I posted that recently on my Facebook page. Um, you use so much of the language that I use. I just feel like we're kind of kindred spirits in this way. Like you're like survival mode. I'm like, that's something I say all the time. Um, and just like your, your phrases, it's so interesting. But yeah, crying out to the Lord, hitting rock bottom, like he can use a rock bottom to raise us up. In fact, I, I believe that that's what rock bottom is for. Like mm. it's, it's only that he can raise us up after we hit our rock bottom. I, um, I believe that 100%. Yeah. So good. Well, let's just talk about your book because again, I feel like your prayers, the honesty in your prayers, the like some days, these hectic days and these endless nights, it's funny. Like your title specifically hit me again, where I'm at in these moments with my oldest who will be 19 in October. And just like, you know, she comes to us at like 10 o'clock at night and is like, I'm going to go out with friends. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so even though we have house rules, it's like, th there's that season of life between like ages 18 and 25. I feel like where they're just kind of teetering on this invincible edge. Right. Mm -hmm. And yes, anyway, let, uh, we'll get more into that in just a minute, but I just want to, I want to ask you what inspired your new book and what about writing it in the format of poems that may have influenced or been influenced by your personal prayer life? Yeah. Well, what inspired the book is exactly what you're saying. And what my oldest is 16. So I haven't gotten to that 18 to 25 stage yet, but I'm getting a, a taste of it. The, the teens have given me that that just that beginning taste of when your child is out of your control. <laughs> you know, because when they're toddlers, when they're when they're toddlers in elementary school, you do everything for them. You arrange all their play dates. They see their friends, you're you're driving them, you're staying or you're, you know, you're coming back to pick them up and everything they do is you're facilitating it. And then all of a sudden they're 15, 16, and they have this whole life outside of you. And they, you know, they might not share everything with you. And they're having temptations and experiences that are new and are normal, but are also terrifying because, especially because me, I, I know how, well, we, the stakes are higher. The stakes are so much higher. And we know, we know as adults what's in the world. We know that there is an enemy of your soul. We know that we can 
it's easy to be led down the wrong path. Um, I'm one of those people who has to learn from experiences and we, we know. So prayer is a very big part of my life. Um, I've always, I've been a, an anxious person, I think for ever since I was a kid, really, I remember just kind of being very neurotic, like in my head, having a lot of thoughts that I wasn't, I wasn't really sharing with anyone because I didn't have the language. I didn't know how, but even in, as motherhood, in my motherhood, I, I had postpartum depression, anxiety, things like that after having babies and it would linger a little bit uh, in the, before I became a believer, I knew that, you know, there's God was real and list, not only just listen to our prayers, but responds. My way of dealing with the stress would be distraction, really distraction or okay, glass of wine, two glasses of wine, three or, you know, things like that, trying to numb or distract. But when I knew, when I felt the presence of God that day, and then other days when I felt his presence, it really changed everything, knowing that God God loves our kids more than we do, way more than we could ever think to love them. And I'm just so convinced we weren't meant to raise them alone, even after they leave our, our nests. We weren't meant to have to do this by ourselves. I pray all day long from the minute I wake up with that little bit of fear, you know, what's this day going to hold? I, 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 you know, I, I'm in a bit of a deficit from yesterday in terms of energy and how God help me, help me, give me wisdom. Please give me patience. Give me the words to say, give me strength in the morning. I'm praying those things all dur- during the day when I'm having an interaction with a child and I feel myself kind of, you know, that just that mom feeling of, you know, you're right. And you just want to keep <laughs> repeating the thing. And sometimes I'll feel God just saying, just listen, be quiet and listen, just constantly being in prayer and talking to God and and then reading his word and having him help me in my motherhood, in my life, yes, but in my motherhood has changed everything. And I just wrote this book and there there are my prayers, my real prayers that, that I've prayed for my kids. And knowing that my prayers can go places that I can't with them, I mean, it's it gives me a peace that I would have no other way of, of receiving. Yeah, that's so good. You just explained wonderfully how prayer became a priority for you and that, you know, the, the power of heartfelt prayers is real and it works. And at times as moms, we're just so tired. We're like, I don't even know what to pray. I don't even, I don't even have the energy to pray. Like a mentally capacity is just gone. And so I love how you can reach for this book and just find as a parent, something that connects with you to, to just say that prayer. Cause a lot of times we can just blow it off, you know, like, well, mm-hmm. is it even going to do anything? Is God even hearing my prayer right now? They do matter and they do make a difference. And it's funny how you brought up alcohol. Another way that we <laughs> are just like, so kindred in this because that was my rock bottom moment in 2019. And you probably don't even know this, but if you want to hear it, you can listen to on episode 57 on my podcast, but he delivered me in an instant in the bathtub. That was my come to Jesus moment in the bathtub where I was just crying out to him. And he was like, it's not a good option for you. And it never will be so grieve it if you have to. And I'm like, okay, Lord, but I don't know how, like help me let go. And he took away any craving for alcohol, specifically wine, which I think is glorified for mothers in our culture. Yes. It has a way to numb out and just oh relax and de-stress, um, but it can be that slippery slope. And anyway, it was just such a pivotal moment for me that I, from that day forward, I never had a craving. My husband can have a glass of wine. I'm not double, you know, 
double-minded about it or trying to justify having it or anything. It's just completely gone delivered in an instant. And so all that torment, all that stress for like 15 years of struggling with going to wine or not going to wine and all that just gone in a moment. And so wow. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, we are so kindred. Like we are amazing <laughs> because yeah, for me too, that was just my go-to it's, it's an escape, it's an escape. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's numbing to feel less, but you don't, it, it does, it's not free. It's not, it's not a free nope. form of peace. The peace that comes from God is, is lasting. It's, it's, it's free paying for you, not stealing from any part of your body or your soul or your mind or for your family. But, and, and I, you know, I don't, I don't believe that, that alcohol is wrong for, for everyone. Um, I just think that there, there's some people who can't do it. You just can't do it. And, and man, it's for me, it almost like prayer became my new, I don't want to call it a coping strategy because with God, it's a, it's a relationship, but it became my first go-to. And maybe I'm, I'm, I match that intensity that I have with wine, with prayer, because, you know, we are who we are. Um, and I just, I need him so much. I just need him so much all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Oh, okay. So your book, is written for caretakers. We all know parenting is hard and it's broken up into several sections. There's section on the endless nights. And I can totally relate to that because goodness, back in the day, my parents didn't have an iPhone that had a little tracker that you could see where your kid was. And so (laughs) I've had so many endless nights where I'm like, even to the point where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't be up at one or 2 AM just like watching her little tracker move, you know, on this property, like wherever she's at. And so I can relate to that, but like protection, future, help, thanks, laughter, teens, and reminders for hard times. All of these sections are amazing, but what touched me the most, just because of the season we're in again with our teens were the protection and the teen sections. And so can I just read this one prayer that touched me Yes, in your book? It's in the protection section and you say, dear God, today, I wonder if I might lose. It feels as if every power in the air wants them. These influences play a seductive song. It's a better beat than anything I can come up with. It's fast and smooth, pleasing to the ears. Mine is old truth on a rusty record player. I may lose Lord. Help me help them. My strength is not enough. My lyrics and melodies are not enough. Lord, they are my only treasure in this earth, but I yield them to you because my song is not enough. I yield them to you. You made them. These lines are yours. Speak to them, Father. Whisper truth into their hearts. Move your spirit within them and let it light their eyes. Lord, work in their hearts and minds. Give them your wisdom and let them see your vision. Let truth ring supreme and drown out all the noise this world calls music. Lord, your will be done. This, my heart, the ones I'm tempted to love more than you, I yield. Ah, love me. (laughs) Just so good. Thank you. And there's more than that, but, uh, yeah, because I would take toddler naps and snacks any day over the stuff that comes at our teens and this right. almost like lawless age, right? Again, between that 18 to 25, maybe even a little bit younger, where they just feel invincible and my heart breaks watching them. And yet I know that I didn't make the best choices at that age. And it is, like you said, learning through mistakes is how we all learn. And so it almost feels like our influence as parents is non-existent. And yet I still cling to the hope that they can hear me. And so I just keep talking and praying and not really knowing if it's getting through or doing anything. But out of all of these sections, which one was your favorite to write for? Oh, gosh. I think out of all of them, wonder, like kind of just basking in the wonder of it all. And I think also teens, because I, I'm, I'm there with you. I, you, you know, where you, 
gosh, because we know, we know, we, we went, we, I, that feeling of nothing can touch me. You have no idea how quickly things can happen. I truly believe that there are angels specifically for mm-hmm. teenagers and for, for all kids, really for all children, but just for those teens who are just like, how many times maybe we'll only know this i know of course we'll only know this when we are when we are with god in heaven and maybe maybe we'll all get to sit down and watch a movie and see how many times he saved us mm-hmm. from things that we have no that we had no idea riding in that car with that person choosing that ride choosing to be in that place all these things and we can't control it we can't do it um and we love them so much i heard a quote from someone a, a poet who said um uh, that motherhood is like having your heart walk outside of your body. And we know, we know what this world is like. We know, we know how fast things can change, but God, you know, but God and our prayers do, our prayers and our faith, they are powerful. When we partner with him, when we, gosh, when, when we, we, the mixture of love and, and earnest prayer, when there's a verse that says that the prayers of, of the righteous availeth much, I, I know he, I know the prayers of a parent are incredibly powerful. I wish we could almost see prayers. I wonder what they would look like if they would be like sparkling clouds, like like shimmering dust that come and maybe angels scoop up or God scoops up. And I don't know, you know, if we could see them, I don't think we ever would stop praying. But I understand that fear 110% because as my kids are growing, my, my oldest who's 16 and the world to them looks like a playground it looks so full of wonderful adventure that they just want to taste a buffet of amazing things and we know more than half those dishes are kind of poisoned you know (laughs) so (laughs) but at the same time it's like when I remember hearing my parents say things you're like "Uh uh-huh 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 yeah 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 right 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 (laughs) but I do know that a lot of things I did hear them I did hear them and they would play later so there's hope in that and there's hope in prayer and there's hope that you know god has a plan for them and one thing that i wrote about was that something that god revealed to me was that we you know in the scheme of things we're not that much older than our kids we really aren't in the scheme of of life and time and especially to god the the space between us and ages is nothing so god is raising us right alongside of us raising them and him raising them we're both his children we were just kind of put in the authority position you know but he's taking care of both of us he's taking care of all of us and we just have to just like just stay just keep holding his hand (laughs) yeah for sure you know you as you were describing your prayers and what they would look like i'm not sure if you've heard of this author but his name is blake healy i haven't He's one of my favorites. He writes in a story-based format. So you really engage with his book. And the first one I read of him, he's got three so far, I think is called The Veil. And so he could see in the supernatural spiritual realm when he was two, and he would see what people's words would look like, you know, as you describe that, what is, what a prayer looks like, he would actually see what like words and manipulation look like and how they carry in the atmosphere. And like, he'd see angels all around and kind of what, how they engage and, you know, demons of course, and how they engage. And so yeah, Blake Healy, The Veil. And yeah, I do believe that we can engage 
and take it a step further. And I'm actually going to put that into practice after you just painted that beautiful picture of like, you know, the dust and the sparkles and things like that of like, can we take our prayers to that next level and actually engage with them by faith in the unseen? And I've, I've done this before, you know, as God was teaching us about finances and every time my husband would get paid or we would, you know, I would generate income in my business. I would, I would then do a exchange in the spiritual with God. And like, here, here it is, you know, give every dollar a job. And, you know, mm. I would see the money like going up, like kind of like the leaves, like in frozen, you know, like, um, yes, Olaf as he's walking around the wheat leaves are whirling around him. Like I actually saw yes. I was in before a lake and I saw the money doing that and just kind of blowing around. And so I, in, in the spiritual gave that money to God, did a holy exchange. And like, I'm going to receive what you have for me in the natural and what you want that money to do and how you want it to be used and to multiply. Wow. So I think we can actually, and you inspired me to do that to the level of m- with my prayers, but yeah, prayers and planting seeds in our children's hearts. Yes. So amazing. <laughs> I, I do that when I, when I pray with, um, I, sometimes when I pray for them, it's I, at the end of the day, especially I ask God to uproot anything mm. that, that, and, and pull up any seeds that were planted either by me or by their own minds or something like a friend or in this world, anything that was, anything that was planted, any bad seed or any, any harmful root that was planted, please like pull it up now. Like let it be pulled up in Jesus name. And I pray that usually at the end of the day, and I can, I can almost see it because some, you know, someone says something to you carelessly and we know how a seed planted in your mind, can grow over years. It can just take one person mm-hmm. just saying something. And so that's one of my prayers. And I love, I love these visuals. I'm gonna look up that author because I just love the the idea. And I know it's true that he gives us pictures of things that are real, that are happening in the spirit. And I, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that too, what you just shared about, I think tools of how to have a more interactive prayer life, especially with our children and how they can grasp onto these intangible, almost <laughs> invisible concepts, but in a practical, tangible way. So uprooting anything. Yeah. I love that. Quick question for you. Bonus question. If you had a bonus section, you could add to your book now, what would it be? Oh, if I had a bonus section that I could add to the book now, mm, goodness, I think I would like to write something for parents to remind them to pray for themselves because that was something that God was God was revealing to me is that I pray for everyone around me, but I forget to pray for myself. <laughs> and it's such like a mom thing to do, you know, where you'll just kind of serve everyone and like sit down with some scraps or or just eat while you cook, um, kind of a thing. Because like God's like, no, like pray pray for your faith. Because um, sometimes I'm asking for strength and I'm asking for things, but for the purpose of giving them. Um, but I forget that I I, I am His child too. Um, and while, yes, I am a mother, um, he has things in this world that he wants me to do things. He wants me to, to grow in, in other ways. And just that I will be able to, to do those things and that I will be the, the woman and the human being that he wants me to be. So I, I've been, I've been tacking that on to the end of my prayer. So in the book, I think I would add a section where parents just, you know, we talk about self-care in this world. A lot, and I believe in that, but also like almost a form of like prayer, self care, where God, please comfort me. I, I'm I'm hurting about something. I, I went through this interaction. Please, please comfort me. Asking for comfort, um, talking to him, asking him what's on his heart, 
what's on what's on your heart today for 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 me to do and and what's on your agenda how can i help with that just connecting in a way with god that's outside of our immediate responsibilities i suppose if that makes sense yeah definitely i mean asking holy spirit to fill us up afresh and to fill our cups so that we can pour from the overflow. That is something that I am (laughs) definitely (laughs) seeking right now in this season. So, well, Bumi, it was such a pleasure to have you just before we close, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? And also where can they get your book? Oh, my book is um, on Zondervan uh, website, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, I think if you search help me, God, I'm a parent, you'll find it online, wherever you like to buy books. There's some Christian bookstores online that have it too. Uh, and in terms of finding me uh, on Instagram, I, I post as both Boomy Laddington, but also Honest Toddler. So if you type in Honest Toddler, I post there. And on Facebook at Facebook slash Boomy K Laddington. I have, we okay. have a good time. <laughs> Yay. So good. I will link those in the show notes for them as well as a link to your book. So Thank you. just um, tell us as we close here, what is next for you in 2022? Um, I'm so excited. God has put so much on my heart, but the biggest, the biggest one, the one that I've been, you know, when the one that he gives you and then for me anyway, you know how you stall a little bit and you try to run from it and you're like, that sounds a little bit too big for me. It's not, (laughs) give give that to somebody else. If you don't, you know, my, um, he's given me a book called the Samaritan woman's diary and it, it hits a little too close to home for me. So that's why I wanted to run from it. But it's, I love the story of the Samaritan woman and Jesus meeting this woman who had no reputation, uh, had no standing in society, had no standing in religious society, the lowest of the lowest of the lowest. First of all, being a Samaritan, if you know about the history of Samaritans and, and the Jewish people, the Romans and everything, just they were the considered the lowest, the outcasts. And then um, also being a woman, women didn't, you know, men, women didn't interact. Um, so that was very unusual as well. Um, and women had a, a lower station in society. And, and then also being of, of her reputation, she had a past. So at the, Jesus chose the most unlikely of people, the, as, he, as he always does, the most rejected, the most lost. He chose him to reveal himself to. So I'm writing this book and it's, it's a diary. It's her diary and it starts, um, it's fiction, fictionalized, but it starts when she's about 14, 15 and, and ends with after her interaction with him at the well. And I'm loving it and it's difficult (laughs) cause it's, it's hitting pretty close. Um, but I'm really hoping that what it does in the world, I know it's what he wants in the world is for people to know that you're not, you're never too lost. You're never too broken for him. Um, and that you don't let anyone, religious person or, or otherwise, um, make you feel like you can't be just swathed in the love of God um, through Jesus and, and that he loves all of us. So I'm excited about that. Please, please pray. I, 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 I sit down and write every day. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. It sounds so incredibly amazing. I would love to read that book. And I know a lot of people, other people would too. And so, yeah, that that's hard to like stretch ourselves and and be obedient to what he's doing when it just, it hits too close and it touches those wounds. And you're just like, Ooh, ouch. I'm not sure if I want to go there or put myself out there like that. So I just pray blessings and acceleration boomy over your book and your writing. Um, and just that, you know, he prunes the branches that are producing fruit, fruit for a reason. And so I just ask you, Lord, 
to prune anything that needs to be pruned, to uproot anything that's in the way of her producing in this um, heartfelt place for you, Lord, in this Samaritan woman's diary. And I just bless all the parents that are going to read your book and your prayers that as they treat their trade their fear and their anxiety about their children for peace and calm and confidence in God as they just get guided as a parent in those hard moments, in those moments where we feel like we don't have anything left to give, or if it even matters, Bumi, I just thank you for joining us today. And I know so many will be blessed by listening to this conversation. Thank you. And thank you for that incredible prayer. I just like received that in my heart. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Heidi. You're wonderful. Thank you.